It's one thing to say that you've got money to spend. It's quite another to smile while you're saying it. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Omar Khan met with the media in Indianapolis on the opening day of the NFL Scouting Combine yesterday. And he did so without really hedging a whole lot, which is a little bit unusual, A, for the Steelers, B, for Khan, C, for rookie GM. And I got to be honest with you, I kind of liked it. Here, for example, is what he had to say when asked, pretty much across the board, what the expectations should be for his offseason. We've been, we're obviously in a lot better shape than we've been in the past. There are years where we've been where we've had to get pretty, uh, um, I don't really like to use the word creative, but had to do some things. Um, and we're, we're, we're comfortable that, you know, if there's the opportunity to improve our team with someone, we can, we can make things happen and sign. There's, there's nothing I've told us back. You know, I, I just think the opportunity is there to, you know, you know, if we want to sign someone, we have the opportunity to sign. We have the things in this story. Internally, is uh, Alex Highsmith a significant candidate for an extension this offseason? I, I think you guys know our history. We have a, uh, uh, a young, up-and-coming player. You know, we, we don't like to let those guys go. Now, it's kind of funny that someone who gained his reputation as a capologist, just this is just as an aside, would go out of his way to say, we don't like to think of it as creativity, meaning the cap constructs. He squirms at every mention, even parenthetical mentions, of capology. He wants to be so far distanced from this whole concept. I just had to throw that in. Every time now he's had any kind of public availability, including when I asked him about it upon his hiring, he wants nothing to do with the cap thing. He doesn't want anybody to think that his offseason, this is just me winging it here, but he doesn't want anybody to think that his offseason that he's about to have is going to be the result of his cap wizardry. He wants to just be a GM. Great, fine, awesome, wonderful. Won't stop me from pointing it out. Also won't stop me from emphasizing that if you look at the Steelers' current cap situation, According to outside people, and you know how that goes in this particular world, they're at around $40 million. Now, for Omar to be smiling, I've got to think there is some, pardon the term again, creativity on the way. Maybe that's taking Miles Jack and either extending him or finding some other way uh, restructure, I don't know, whatever it happens to be. Mitch Trubisky is another candidate. There are several others, not just a couple. There are several of them. And if you know the history between Omar and Kevin Colbert, they tend not to restructure people until they need it. Like they don't go and say, hey, all seven of you that we can restructure, let's sit down and do that now so that we know how much cap we're going to be able to operate with. They don't do that. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported 
academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. What you'll see most likely instead, I think, is that they hit the open market with the amount that they currently have. That way, when they're dealing with players and their agents, uh, they don't make it sound to those players and those agents as if they've got a bottomless pit of money. That doesn't help them at all when it comes to negotiating. But if there's someone that they like, that they really like, you just heard it from the GM's mouth. You just heard, if there's someone we want to sign, we can sign them. So you know what? If he says it's okay, I'm going to say it's okay. Think big, Pittsburgh. Go nuts. You want Tremaine Edmonds? Let's start talking about Tremaine Edmonds. Of course, you got to wait to see if the Bills are going to franchise him or not. But if you're talking about spending money as the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, and you understand, you understand that you first got to take care of your own guys, not out of any sense of obligation, just because it's common sense. You've got to keep Cam Sutton. You've got to keep Terrell Edmonds. You've got to keep Larry Ogunjobi. I'm going to start with those guys, and I don't even know that it's necessarily in that order. I'm going to start with those guys in every conversation that I have this offseason until they're brought back into the fold. One, two, and three. Again, shuffle the order as you please. But you've got to take care of those three defensive pieces, or guess what? You're going to go out searching for them anyway. And they'll probably be even more expensive less reliable because you won't know as much about them. From there, yeah, go ahead and work with Miles Jack's agent. Work out something that's a whole lot more reasonable than the $14 million that he's due for the coming year. Work that out and then go get him a partner. Get him a partner who can play. And after you're done with that, those four pieces right there, I am telling you, I don't think there's a whole heck of a lot of buying that needs to be done. The rest of it can be depth pieces. The rest of it can be, I reported in last week's Friday Insider on DK Pittsburgh Sports, that the Steelers would be very much interested in a Bud Dupree return. I'm in Nashville right now covering hockey, and I can confirm to you, having spoken with someone yesterday who covers the Titans, that... Bud's not going to be kept here. Bud could move on. And when that happens, the Steelers are sitting there ready and waiting to snap him up. There's your outside linebacker depth. There's your rotational outside linebacker right there. He's 30 years old, knows the system, can play either side, working behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Even if TJ has one of his injuries, you've got Bud. And Bud, given his own recent history of injuries, won't need to be starting, won't need to be logging 70 snaps a game. But more to the point of this segment, he also wouldn't cost a lot. So where does your money go if you're Omar? Where does your money go? Inside linebacker. Write it down, skywrite it, put it on a billboard atop Mount Washington. Inside linebacker. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. 
cue comes from Julie, who says, Hey, DK, if Art Rooney steers the draft brain trust toward the position that they should fill at number 17 overall, do you have any info on which position it will be? Last year, it was quarterback. Before that, it was running back. Julie, you're right that there was a steering process. I don't know that it was Rooney in a room with these guys telling them, hey, you've got to get a quarterback or you've got to get a running back. But there's no question that in his January public sessions, meaning with media types like me, he would go out of his way to say this is something, an area of the football team that we need to address. And while I'm very, very sure that he would bring these things up in the behind the scenes settings as well, we all kind of knew what it was. So we all kind of felt that steering. In this year's session, he really didn't do that, did he? There wasn't any one position that he looked at and said, wow, this is what we really need to get fixed. He did say that the offense needs to score more points. But, you know, as I've been saying here for a while now, I don't look at this offense and think, oh, yeah, let's uh, really involve or invest a bunch of high-end draft picks into this when you've just done that. This group needs some time to come together and make things happen on their own. Ideally, with, you know, a little bit more reliability from the left side of the offensive line, And a little bit more, I don't know what you'd want to call it, from Deontay Johnson. But that's in play. That's that's very much in play. What I don't think is in play is boosting the offense unless, again, somebody falls. And one other thing I want to point out here, Julie, don't presume, don't presume, a lot of people have done this, that the Steelers would have forced a quarterback in the first round had Kenny not fallen. This idea that they were going to take Malik Willis if Kenny wasn't there and they were planning on Malik Willis, I have not ever heard that once from the inside. I know that a lot of people on the outside, and I was prey to this myself at times, uh, would you know really hype up the occasions in which Mike Tomlin saw Willis and you know expressed certain things about his athleticism or his character and whatever else here. But I don't believe, and this is only a belief, it's not something that I've heard, I'll always try to be clear on the difference between the two, that they were going to take Willis. I really don't. So I don't think you were going to have some kind of mandate from the owner. If anything, this owner really isn't that type. He's not going to walk in and say, take this position or else. He's just not. Uh, This isn't Jerry Jones we're talking about. When you're talking about Rooney's approach, it's mostly let's sit down and talk about it. But at the end of the day, I have the final say. So when the Steelers do get to that point, meaning on draft night for 17 overall, Julie, I think you're going to see the same process play itself out. Yes, Najee Harris was a positional pick. But was Najee also of that caliber? Yeah. Was he at that same spot on most draft boards, independent of positional needs? Yeah, he actually was. And by the way, so was Travis Etienne, who ended up being taken by Jacksonville with the pick right after that. There were two running backs then. Remember that? Two of them. 
So the Steelers could have assigned a positional need as a priority to that pick while at the same time being confident in one or the other. But you'll also remember that the one that they wanted was the one they got. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.